Hello, and welcome to the recap by Dive Collective. Over the next few minutes, we're going to hit the highlights of the last week's reading from our reading plan. Annika and I are excited to invite you along as we read through the Bible together. You can find our reading plan at divecollective.org. It's a free download when you sign up for our newsletter. We know that some of you love the accountability of a checklist, while others thrive from the freedom to join in whenever your schedule allows. The recap is intended to meet all of those needs. So whatever category you fit into, just know we're excited to have you here with us today. Welcome back to the recap. This is the July 2nd episode. Let's see. Deuteronomy 31. Oh, I loved the beginning part of Deuteronomy or the end part, the ending of Deuteronomy. I just, so from the end of Deuteronomy to the beginning of Joshua, we have the words, be strong and courageous. Don't Mm -hmm. be terrified or afraid for the Lord, your God is the one who will go with you. He will not leave you or abandon you from Moses encouraging, encouraging Joshua to God, encouraging Joshua that Joshua is going to be, or that God's going to be with him is, I mean, that's okay. You need to hear that thing over and over and over and over again when you're about to do something big. Yeah. And it's, almost word for word, right? Like what Moses says to Joshua in Deuteronomy and what God says to Joshua in the beginning of Joshua are really, really similar, almost, almost identical, which is kind of cool. Yes. There was one thing, well, well in Deuteronomy 31, and I'm sure you probably noticed this too, but when we talk about like, he remembers (laughs) that we are dust, like that is, Mm -hmm. that's so much what he's saying here at the end where he says, they will eat their fill and prosper. They will turn to the other gods and worship them, despising me and breaking down my government. Like God's telling Moses what's going to happen. He's like, mm-hmm. I'm bringing them into the land of milk and honey. They're going to get full of themselves mm-hmm. and, um, and they're going to despise me. And when troubles come and this song will testify against them, he gives them a song for Moses to write down mm-hmm. to testify against them. And it says, for I know what they are prone to do. I love that mm-hmm. wording for, I know what they are prone to do. Even before I bring them into the land, I swore to give them. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I find that so comforting. What is I it? think because we also know that I'm trying to, I was going to flip through and try to find it. I think it's in Deuteronomy where he says, but I'm going to bring you back. Like, I know that you're going to do this. I think it's comforting because God knows that they're going to forsake him and walk away like literally minutes after Moses tells them this. And yet he also says, but I'm going to redeem you. So there's no, like, even with that knowledge. And then in this, in 30, in 32 verse 36, yes, God will judge his people, but oh, how compassionately he'll do it when he sees that they're weak. Yeah. So, you know what? Actually right there in 37 is right where I wrote reminds me of Isaiah. Like this whole, this whole portion rem- is like, it's so it's Isaiah. It's all that Isaiah is. It's like mm-hmm. you all went astray and you've all worshiped these other gods. And now I'm rejecting you for a, a little while so that I can mm-hmm. bring you back to me. Just this whole, yes. all of it goes together. It's all one picture that all goes together which is that he has a plan for total and complete redemption Mm -hmm. like i think what comforts me so much about it is that he calls us his possession like in spite Mm -hmm. of all of this like it it actually says in here at some point like you are my treasure and i've been thinking about it in terms of how the lord is our treasure lately but in here there were a couple places where it mentioned it and i'll see if i can find them but where he says like you are you are my possession Oh, the Lord. Oh, this is it. 
verse, this is the same thing, Deuteronomy 32 verses eight and nine, when the most high gave the nations their inheritance and divided the human race, he set the boundaries of the peoples according to the number of the people of Israel. But the Lord's portion is his people, Jacob, his own inheritance. Mm -hmm. I love that. Like he's saying, like, you're going to do this. You're going to reject me. You're going to do all of these things. And yet he's like, but you are my portion and you are my inheritance. Like mm -hmm. he values us that much. I yeah. just, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> it makes no sense. I'm sure we'll, as we get to Psalms and Isaiah, we'll see the passages, but, and I feel like I've been saying this for weeks. I don't know if it's because we're, because Deuteronomy and Psalms and Isaiah go so well together. Like we're in this section of scripture that really they all are saying the same thing basically over and over. And they're all over. talking about each other. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That it, it's easy to make the connection from one to one passage to the other. Well, hello there. We're so glad you're following along with us on the recap. We wanted to invite you to study Jacob with us this summer. We have been going through the book of Genesis this year and our next eight week study is on the life of Jacob. We'll be meeting all of June and July on Tuesdays live. Or you can join the network and get all of our previous studies for free via podcast. No matter what, we're just glad that you're joining us in the Word of God. Now, let's get back to the recap. One of the things that I also love from Deuteronomy is in 32, starting in 47, for they are not meaningless. He says, um, take to heart all these words I am giving as a warning to your children to follow all the words of this law carefully for they are not meaningless words mm -hmm. to you, but they are your life. Mm -hmm. And by them, you will live long in the land. You are crossing the Jordan to possess mm -hmm. by these words. You will live long. Like it makes, words. it's the same as when he says like, um, I'm laying before you today, life and death. Like, yeah, these, this following this law, this is your life. And when, and then we're talking, this is leads us right to Psalms, which is Psalm 19, all about his word and how it's everything. And all of wisdom comes from it. And all, mm -hmm. good, all of life's goodness comes from mm -hmm. his everlasting word that lives from beginning to end. Like mm -hmm. it's just, I mean, there's not really anything else to say. <laughs> what else is there to say about the readings this week? It all fits yeah. together. Like it does. Perfect. It does all fit together. Picture. So in Deuteronomy 33, when Moses is blessing the tribes, hmm. I feel like there's probably something worth studying here. Uh -huh. um, but when he blesses Benjamin, Benjamin's is really short. It's not the shortest, but it says in verse 12 of Deuteronomy 33, Benjamin, God's beloved, God's permanent residence, encircled by God all day long within whom God is at home. And I was just thinking, well, that's the best one of all of them. And then also just the fact that that's who we are as his church too. Like this is the blessing that Moses gives to Benjamin is exactly what we are as the church. Mm -hmm. Yes. That word, he shields them all day long mm -hmm. and he rests on his shoulders. That actually makes me think of a Psalm that I was reading while I was flying this week. That was like a blessing to me. I actually read it on my, on both landings because I was reading the Bible reading plan while we were flying, trying to catch up. And this one came at, as I was landing, like we were getting ready to land and I have major anxiety about landing now on airplanes. <laughs> um, Reasonably so. Yeah. I was, we were in a crash landing a couple of years ago. So 
Anyway, I was reading Psalm 121 as we were landing. Listen to this. This is so good. I lift my eyes toward the mountains. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to slip. Your protector will not slumber. Indeed, the protector of Israel does not slumber or sleep. The Lord protects you. The Lord is a shelter right by your side. Sure enough, like there was an empty seat next beside me. And I was like, this is Jesus. Like he's right here with me, but sitting beside me, the sun will not strike you by day or the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all harm. He will protect your life. The Lord will protect you coming and you're going both now and forever. And that's so good. good. The timing is pretty cool. Yeah. And honestly, it was kind of funny to think about the fact that like, I think in terms of like, I wasn't protected from a crash landing in the past, but in, in reading that, I was like, he protected me in my, mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? Like I was protected. Yeah. Even in that there was no injury. There was, I didn't even have to witness any casualties. Like there was no, like, like we were all protected even in a crash landing. Mm-hmm. Like he protects and not that we are, I could have died. That would have been okay too. But like, mm-hmm. I'm just saying like, it was just to be living through it and be God being like, I will protect you day and night. I'll protect your coming and your going. Mm, that's good. We can pop back to Joshua or Deuteronomy if you want. I don't think we can finish out Deuteronomy without talking about the fact that no prophet has risen in Israel mm-hmm. like Moses, whom God knew face to face. His Just his special, unique relationship that he had with God. I did love that. And I also love that Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid hands on him. Mm-hmm. And that was the, that was actually the verse right before where it says, no prophet has arisen again in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew mm-hmm. face to face. Moses, the prophet, Melchizedek, the king, or the priest, and David, the king. David, the king. Like those are the three representatives of what Christ like fulfills and does mm-hmm. perfectly or will fulfill and do perfectly. And there is so much of Moses's life that you're like, oh yeah, there it is. There's our mm-hmm. prophet, priest, and king. Joshua. My favorite Joshua. scenes. Well, there's a couple of great ones that we start, we jump right in with Rahab. I know. I was so excited to read Rahab again. We talked about, though, that Rahab would have been wealthy to have lived in the wall, mm-hmm. of, which I was trying to figure. It does say that she lived in the wall, but it also says mm-hmm. that she hid them on the roof. So I'm trying to picture what the wall looked like that she would have had, like a dwelling place in the wall of Jerusalem, but then also, or the wall of Jericho, but also a roof. Anyway. Yeah. To hide them I mean, I have pictures in my head based on like Sunday school fan- flannel graphs from when I was a kid. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm not sure how accurate those are. (laughs) Anyway, one of the, I think there's just, there's the other thing about Rahab's story that I I just was pondering. I think there's a lot there. I think that there's so much more there from the symbolism of the red scarlet that was hanging out of her window Mm -hmm. that kept her saved to the fact that her whole household was saved Mm -hmm. through her. Like, I just kind of wonder how much theology can come from that idea that like when one person chooses salvation, all of the household willing to come in to that. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Similarly to Lot trying to save, like like the righteous being saved, mm-hmm. by Lot trying to bring them with him and whoever came mm-hmm. was saved. I don't know. I just have been thinking a lot about that and 
how many people are are sanctified like that there's a passage i think that paul writes in one of the epistles about being sanctified you and your household being sanctified Mm -hmm. i think it's actually about the unbelieving spouse yes i was gonna say there is one about that they're sanctified knowing like kind of like the unbelief this believing spouse doesn't know even what god can do yes through her belief yeah or his belief yes yeah and then there's the other passage which it's in one of the gospels the jailer it's the jailer right who comes to know maybe it's not in the gospels maybe it's his whole household and his whole household and so i've always wondered if that's the same idea like yeah they're kind kind of like in because in the same way that rahab's household was in or if they all into i mean i think probably yeah have faith yes (laughs) i think there is definitely an element of individual faith Yes, but, but it's a, one can't of those deny things, the fact that it's talked about. Right. And I think it's another mm-hmm. one of those things where it's like, I think even though we want to have black and white answers for it, like there's, this is one of those passages that causes me to wonder about mm-hmm. things that like, I think we have black and white answers for, but I'm like, eh, well, I think maybe. you also have to recognize the fact too, that it's the old Testament. So with Israel, like foreigners were welcomed in. And if some father wants to be part of Israel and brings his family into that, they, whether they want to or not, you know what I mean? Like they become well, part similar of the to the circumcision that they circumcised. Exactly. Babies. Like right. they're circumcised and now they're part of it. And we're right. so we've come into that, but, which I think is where that baptism. whole idea. Yes. That's what I was going to say that the idea of infant <laughs> baptism can have that kind of again, but yeah. we have to go into a whole bunch of gray area there to like, right. I, I don't know how all of that works, but I right. do know that God knows exactly how it works. And I don't need to know. Yeah. I don't need to know. That's pretty cool. Yep. And then see, go ahead. Well, we see um, Reuben, Dan, and the half tribe of Manasseh again at the beginning of Joshua, right? Is yes. it three or four mm-hmm. where they cross? And Joshua reminds them. They get to leave their families where they've already settled, but they have to go fight with their brothers, lead yep. the charge. Because that was between them and Moses. So I like that Joshua was like close enough to know what's going on to be like, right. oh, don't forget, like, this is your job. You go. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we're in. We're all in. They pass through on dry ground. That's mm-hmm. another. Their feet stepped out on solid ground. The water of the Jordan resumed its course, fl- um, flowing over all the banks of- from before. So they... They crossed this river, which wasn't a huge river, but it was raging at this point. That's why it talks mm-hmm. about it's right. They over overflowed its banks. its banks. Yeah. Yeah. That idea that they crossed and that God had them pull out rocks from the middle mm-hmm. of the river. I love that. That's mm-hmm. a great scene. Mm-hmm. Like while you're in the middle of it, that makes me think, you know, as far as like life application goes, is that like when you're in the middle of stuff, when you're watching him do something, you should be in the middle of it, grabbing things, doing right things to remember mm-hmm. that this is the thing that he did. I have a stone necklace, such a cool testimony. Like when did I tell you, have I showed you? Mm-hmm. I told you about it? Yeah. So there is a, an, I was given a necklace by a friend of mine two days before I went into liver failure, completely unexpectedly necklace had nothing to do with anything, but the liver, I, I went into liver failure. God did a miraculous work, both inside my heart and in my body and changed me. Like it's something that I never, ever want to forget. And as I was leaving the hospital, as I was getting ready to come home, go home back to Guantanamo Bay from Florida, I prayed and I asked God for a Psalm to like remember. And the Psalm that he gave me was a Psalm 
that was a hundred percent all like the words that I had been praying when I thought I was dying. Like when I, for whatever reason, the prayer that I was praying was Lord, you are my rock. You are my refuge. You are my strong tower. You are my rock. You are my refuge. You are the place. You are my hiding place. Like I was just, I've never prayed that in a time of desperation before, but for whatever reason, those, that's what I just kept repeating over and over and over again while I thought I might die before anybody found me. And, um, the song that he gave me was full of that. And plus a whole bunch of other applicable (laughs) verses. And I hadn't opened up the necklace, the gift that my friend had given me until after I, I, God gave me that Psalm and I had prayed through it. And I went to my purse and I was changing my purse out as I was getting ready to go get back on a flight to go back home. And I found the little gift that my friend had given me and I opened it and it was a necklace and it was this rock. I've never seen anything before or since, but it's a rock with a hole drilled out of the middle and a little fragile piece of glass in the, in the middle of this Mm. rock. And it was like such a cool, like, but that's like, that's the kind of thing that I picture. It's like this, like memory. And every time I see it, that's all Mm -hmm. it symbolizes to me. Like, I think of that, that miracle that he did every single time that I see it and I never want it to break. And I rarely wear it because I don't ever want to forget it. But that's like my, that's like my monument, my thing that Mm -hmm. was pulled out of the middle of the river that I'll always go back and remember. This was the thing that God had done for me. He was my rock. He was my refuge. He was my hiding place. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That's very Very cool. cool. That's all I have from that. Do you have anything else? No, I don't think so. All right. Mom's had some good stuff in it this week. Still in 119. Started in 97. Psalm 119 is all about God's word. But a couple things that stuck out to me in this section that we read this week from that psalm was about the fact that like fixing us with his word. Like I feel like it talks about guiding us a lot, but but in verse, I don't know, 106 ish, maybe everything is falling apart on me. God put me together again with your word. And then verse 114, I wait for your word to renew me. That's one that I think I could chew on for a long time because I wait. Yes. The wait, like I think oftentimes I come to scripture. Well, a lot of times it's a thing I need to do. I know I'm supposed to do it. So I do it. But the fact that the renewing and the putting back together that it's very capable of doing also requires some like sitting with it, you know? Yes. That, which is totally what in verse 97, what stood out to me, how I love your instruction. Mm. It is my meditation all day long. Mm-hmm. Like that's the critical part. It's mm-hmm. not that we come and we read the word. It's that we've and then move we, on. Right. Yeah. That we hear the word and we meditate on it because mm-hmm. I think that's the part where you're talking about. I wait for it to what's yes. I wait for renew. it to, to renew. I wait for your word to renew me. Yes. I think it's the meditating on it that is, mm-hmm. and it says your commands make me wiser than my enemies for they are always with me. I have more insight than all my teachers because mm-hmm. your decrees are my meditation. I was just going to say, like, it talks so much too about staying on that path of righteousness, which we can't do staying on the, that path and following God's law. And that whole idea that it, it will make it go well with you. You know, you can't do that if you if you're not meditating on it, like you have yeah. to have, and, and like we've talked about before memorization, just knowing it, it, it needs to be more than just got that one done for the day. You know what I mean? It, yes. re- it, it doesn't work that way. Yes. In verse 152, I've known all along from the evidence of your words that you meant them to last forever. 
Hmm. I thought that was kind of cool because it's true when you think about it. I mean, we know like we've talked a lot about how every time you come to scripture, there's something new or um, maybe not new is the right word, but kind of revelational. Yeah. Give me understanding according to your word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, it's revelation. It is. What's the word? Apocalyptic. It's apocalyptic. Yes. I just love the Psalms. I love them so much. And, and I guess, you know, going back to what we've said before, that the Psalms are meant to be prayed mm-hmm. for specific circumstances and for specific times. It was such a gift. It was so apocalyptic for mm-hmm. God to give me 121 mm-hmm. at that moment in that day. Like to, yeah. do, to pray that it was, I really felt like he had literally just given me a gift to unwrap. Like here it mm-hmm. is. This is, this is the prayer to pray right now in this moment yeah. while you're going through this. It was the Psalms doing what the Psalms were meant to do. Yep. Okay. I'm going to go back to 119 for a second. Yeah. So the whole thing is about God's word and mm-hmm. how it changed, what it does in our lives to guide us and all of that. The last verse says, and should I wander off like a lost sheep, seek me, I'll recognize the sound of your voice. I mean, kind of like what I was just saying, when we follow his commands and his word, we stay on that path. And then when we do stray, we, we, we recognize the sound of his voice. And it's that almost, it reminds me of Galatians when we were talking about, um, like staying in step with the spirit in Galatians, when we did our Galatians study, it's, it's a, when we know the sound of his voice, it's a much easier to course correct. Yes. I couldn't have said it better. Yes. Course correct. Because we know the truth. So when we hear it, it's like we, we are drawn to it. We are drawn to that voice of truth. Yeah. I think that Psalm 130 might be one of my favorites. It's one that I barely rec- I could recognize from, you know, like a regular, a normal translation. But someone, what? 130. Help God. The bottom has fallen out of my life. Master, hear my cry for help. Listen hard. Open your ears. Listen to my cry for mercy. This is the part I love. If you, God, kept records on wrongdoings, who would stand a chance? As it turns out, forgiveness is your habit. And that's why you're worshiped. And then the end is the uh, that other part that I love. Israel, wait and watch for God. With God's arrival comes love. With God's arrival comes generous redemption. I think last year in CSB, it says redemption in abundance. Yes. Um, no doubt about it. He'll redeem Israel, buy back Israel from captivity. How did sin. you remember redemption in abundance? Because that was like my, th- after I read that last year, it was like everything came back to that. Like that redemption and oh. abundance idea. I couldn't get away from it. I love that. I yeah, love that. I love, I love that you remember that. That's, that's exactly what it says. With yeah. him is redemption and abundance, and he will redeem Israel from all its iniquities. Mm-hmm. That's why it stood out so much because we're reading it in conjunction with Deuteronomy and Isaiah. Like go going back to what we talked about when we were talking about Deuteronomy, that God knew, like he's telling Moses to give these commands to the people. And yet he remembers that they're dust. He knows that they're going to walk away, but there's redemption in abundance. Psalm 131, I have the whole thing highlighted. It's so short and so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Lord, my heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. I do not get involved with things too great or too wondrous for me. Instead, I have calmed and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. My soul is like a weaned child. 
I don't think I've ever really thought about what that means, but it, it definitely means I don't have to worry about the things that are too big for me to understand, mm -hmm. like whether Rahab's family was all saved. I don't need to be involved with that kind of stuff. That's all you. I'm just calm. I'm just calm, right. fed by my we father. We get to rest. Like, yeah. yeah. Just held by you and completely trusting mm -hmm. in you. My hope is in him forever. Um, in Psalm 127, this is another one I remember from... Another one I recognize from other versions. Don't you know he enjoys giving rest to those he loves, mm. which ties directly into what you just read. Mm -hmm. That rest, I think, comes from our ability and desire to just take him at his word and trust him. Yeah. You know, the first in vain, you get up early and stay up late, working hard to have enough food. Yes. He gives sleep to the ones he loves. Mm -hmm. That I love that. Like that's the exact, it's, it's the exact opposite of what I was just saying before, where he, he's saying like, I'm not, get, I'm not getting involved in the things that are too big mm -hmm. for me. I'm just gonna sit quietly and trust. Can we go to Isaiah? We can. I don't think I highlight. Oh, I did highlight stuff from Isaiah. What chapter did we start in? 58. Oh, this is the one. <laughs> okay. So I'm actually in a season of fasting right now. Um, because I'm trying this um, spirit of the disciplines. I'm trying to like do this whole, like practice more of the disciplines, hoping to be made more like Jesus. Mm -hmm. basically. So 58 starting in 58 is just really funny of exclamation points. Mm -hmm. the whole thing, Cause it says like, why have we fasted, but you have not seen we've denied ourselves, but you haven't noticed. Look, you do as you please on the day of your fast and oppress all your workers. You fast with contention and strife to strike viciously with your fist. You cannot fast as you do today, hoping to make your voice heard on high. Will the fast I choose be like this a day for a person to deny himself, to bow his head like a reed and to spread out south class and ashes. Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Isn't this the fast that I choose to break the chains of the wickedness, to untie the ropes of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and to tear off every yoke. Is it not to share that your bread with the hungry, to bring the poor and homeless into your house, to clothe the naked when you see him and to ignore your own flesh and blood. Then your light will appear like the dawn and your recovery will come quickly. Your righteousness will go before you and the Lord's glory will be your guard. It's funny because you really do when you're fasting, um, your humanity really shines. Um, mm. You see your, well, so like last week we were talking about the difference between love and unloved, like unloved seems okay. But really the difference between loved and unloved is black and white. Like you either love somebody or you hate them. Mm -hmm. There's not really an in-between. Mm -hmm. And as I've been fasting and as I've been meditating on that word from last week, and as I've been spending a week with uh, women who I don't know very well and who don't see the world the way that I see the world mm -hmm. and don't respond to the world the way that I want them to respond to the word. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. and recognizing that me not loving them is the same as me hating them. You know what I mean? And it, it's a very much like, I don't necessarily feel like I've, I'm being changed yet as much as I feel like I'm seeing how much there is to change. Mm -hmm. in me. You're just being made aware. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yet there's not condemnation in that. It's more uh, also meditating on the truth that it's the Lord who does the work in mm -hmm. me that I can't do the work. But when I see it, 
that becomes the internal prayer that goes with the fast is Lord, help me to love in the places right. where I'm unloving. Help me to play, help me to love in the places where I don't love. Help me help to redeem my attitude that is really negative right now. And he mm-hmm. did like all those times where I, I was like, there's no hope for this day because I I'm ragey. Like I want to rage about <laughs> all of these things. You know what I mean? I, there were times like at the end of every day, I felt like I walked away and I'd be on, I, I was by myself, which is nice. I'm glad I stayed separate from everybody else because I got time to meditate on like where he was with me mm. during the day. And I got to see how he acted. And, and I just remember this one day where I was like fully aware of my bad attitude, also aware of my inability to change it. And in reflecting over the day, I was able to see where he did a work mm. in me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he was, a, he changed, he turned the day around and I can take no credit for it whatsoever. Yeah. But all of that to say, like fasting has been, it's been a really good experience to be doing while I'm also in the word so much. Mm-hmm. It's just, like I said, it's just, it's not, there's no condemnation and it's more like, okay, this is who I am. And I'm going to watch and wait for how God does what he says he will do. What he will do. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's pretty cool. So 59 and 60. So I was reading 59, kind of like the middle section, starting in verse nine. Um, He's talking about how we long for light, but sink into darkness. We long for brightness, but stumble through the night. They're like blind. And I just was reading that thinking, all they need to do is repent by they. I mean, we like it's, that's the, you know, the problem with humanity. But then you keep reading in 59. And starting in verse 15, it says, God looked and saw evil looming on the evil looming on the horizon. So much evil, no sign of justice. He couldn't believe what he saw, not a soul around to correct this awful situation. So he did it himself, took on the work of salvation, fueled by his own righteousness. Mm. He dressed in righteousness, put it on like a suit of armor with salvation on his head, like a helmet, put on judgment, like an overcoat and threw a cloak of passion over his head, over his shoulders. And then verse 20, I'll arrive in Zion as redeemer to those in Jacob who leave their sins, which is repentance. Yes. God's decree. Then in verse 60, it talks about chapter 60 or chapter 60. Yes. Put, wake up, put your face in the sunlight. God's bright glory has risen for you. The whole earth is wrapped in darkness. All people sunk in deep darkness, but God rises on you. His sunrise glory breaks over you. Just that whole idea that like God does it. Like he did it himself. All he asks is. Like the same in verse 20 of 59, I'll arrive in Zion as redeemer to those in Jacob who leave their sins. That's just repentance. Like all he asks for us to do is to turn away and turn to him. That's it. He does everything else. That's exactly right. That's And that's exactly what I was trying to say is like experiencing even this fasting. It's like one of those, like, I can't, all I can do is acknowledge that I have a bad attitude. All I can do is acknowledge that I am unloving and somehow he can turn it around and he can, he can put love in me. And he can make me shine, even though there's nothing in me to shine. You know what I mean? Like he right. can shine through me somehow when I put myself in a position that's like, yeah, I mean that he does it. It's exactly what you're saying. And that repentance is everything and an acknowledgement that I can do nothing. And yet he, there's all that joy is in him. All the joy mm-hmm. is in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Verse 60, the last verse, I love this. The least will become a thousand, the smallest, a mighty nation. I am the Lord. I will accomplish it quickly in its time. Mm-hmm. Quickly in its quickly time. in its time. I Actually, love that. Go ahead. This says at the right time, I'll make it happen. I love quickly and in its time. 
I like that because it makes me think, uh, that actually automatically made me think of the end times. If the end is going to come as quickly as what happened with Jesus, you know, it it all Mm -hmm. came and happened in 50 days, you know, from beginning to end. And if the end is indeed going to happen, I like that idea of it because it's like, that's a 15 day period between those fall feasts that I I love that idea that it's going to come quickly and it's time. Like what it's going to come in it's time. It's not going to come soon. It doesn't say soon. Yeah. Quickly in it's time. And that's what it made me think of is that all of this is going to be accomplished quickly in it's time. Like when Mm -hmm. it happens, it's going to happen fast. Right. When it's time, it's time. Yeah. Yeah. In chapter 60, when it's talking to me, it reads and this is, I don't know, this is me reading Isaiah and trying to figure out what it is, but it sounds like new creation talk Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. But at one point he says, I make, um, he's talking about, he's talking about basically like He's talking about new creation, like what he's going to yes. do to renew the world and put it yes. back to eat it and make it what it's supposed to be. I think that's why it led me to that, that interpretation yes. of that last verse, because I totally think that's exactly what this yes. is. It's like he's but talking he says, about that. I make my footstool glorious, which totally made me picture. You listened to the podcast that I was listening to about the apocalypse and he talks about dreams and how a lot of those dreams, like God is pictured as a king and his footstool is earth. Mm-hmm. So that's totally, as soon as I read that, to give a splendid elegance to my sanctuary as I make my footstool glorious. I was like, that's earth. like earth. Yes. Well, that's like Philippians. His... The earth is his footstool. Right. It says that. Yeah. That's so good. And then 61 is the Messiah's Jubilee. Yes. I love the end of 61 is beautiful. I love the end of 61. Mm-hmm. And then 62 too, they, it's that wedding language in both of those places. Like God is the bridegroom and his people are the bride. Mm-hmm. because God delights in you. He's saying you'll, what you'll be called my delight and married because God delights in you and your land will be like a wedding celebration mm. for as a young man marries his bride. So your builder marries you. And as a bridegroom is happy in his bride. So your God is happy with you. So good. And then 63, mm-hmm. 63 is, is the day of vengeance. It's like, it's the day that's going to come quickly. Um, what, It'll, he's going to accomplish it quickly in its time. This is what he's mm-hmm. going to accomplish quickly in its time. He's, it's all going to happen. And I love that it says, I looked, but there was no one to help. And I was amazed that no one assisted. So my arm accomplished victory mm-hmm. for me and my wrath assisted me. I crushed nations in my anger. I made them drunk with my wrath and poured out their blood on the ground. Like I, mm-hmm. I will. It's just like 59. So I did yes. it myself. There was no one there to help. I did it myself. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And then remembrance yeah. of grace. I will make yeah. the Lord's faithful love and the Lord's praise for the acts because of all the Lord has done for us, even the many good things he has done for the house of Israel, which he did from them based on his compassion and the abundance of his faithful love. Mm. Like there will be without question. These are my people mm-hmm. in all their suffering. He suffered. Yes. When we are suffering, he is suffering with us. Let mm-hmm. us never forget that. Like for those of us who are going through great suffering, He's right there with us, feeling every bit of it, experiencing all of that pain, like not just once before when he suffered on earth, like he is very present mm-hmm. before the father suffering our pain with us. That's hard to imagine. And then like, I mean, in all their troubles, he was troubled too. He didn't send someone else to help them. He did it himself in person. Mm-hmm. Out of his own love and pity, he redeemed them. He rescued them and carried them along. For a long, long time. He lifted them up and carried them all the days of the past. Mm. Oh, carried them all the days of the past. That's such a cool way 
I don't know. That just is a very cool way to say it. It is because he's speaking from, he's speaking from eternity, right? So, right. Exactly. But, and when eternity happens, he'll be walking with us. He won't be carry. He won't have to carry us. Mm -mm. Right now is the past for a God that walks with us eternally. Yep. <laughs> Thank. <laughs> My brain just broke. <sighs> so good. It's tough. So good. That's the recap. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the recap. If you enjoyed this discussion and maybe you're wondering how to get more highlights out of your own scripture reading, you might be interested in joining our in-depth Bible studies where we model our version of inductive Bible study. You can find out more at divecollective.org and we will see you next week. <laughs>